Welcome to Lives of Pitch, the podcast where we pitch the best films that'll never get made. I'm Matt Turner. And I'm Tom McGrath. And the game goes like this. We asked you, our devoted listeners, to come up with titles that you'd like to hear us pitch. We then collaborate, coming up with story points, casting, and even marketing strategies. Without further ado, this week's title is... My dog noired off my leg. <laughs> oh, it's so, it's so moody and cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, that title given to us by Max Revels. Thanks for that, Max. That title, Thank you, Max. Yeah. Thanks, Max. That we uh, now, well, yeah, I. Oof, that's the least noir title I've ever heard for a noir movie. But it has the word noir in it. It does do say, that. You have to say it with a very greedy voice, like, my dog noired off my leg. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like Max this, this week has, has tr- uh, trodden the line between uh, episode title and... Yes, very clever. Award. <laughs> uh, you know... I feel like there's a Matt real... using that soundboard to the to the best. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, film noir films. What are they all about, eh? Yeah, joining us, a welcome return, Frankie Margarella. How are you? Hello, friends and listeners. Too, it is me. That's all I got. I mean, it was pretty dramatic, I'll be honest. <laughs> so, uh, the title from Max Revels given to us on Facebook. Uh, that's facebook.com forward slash Life's a Pitch Podcast and Twitter at Life's a Pitch Show as well. Remember, you can give us titles any time of the week. We do post out genres each week, so you can go find us there for updates. I'm so, not- do you guys want to hear some dirty, dishonorable mentions? Oh, some. some- some hard-boiled mentions. So, what, what, who are these Danes that have been sending us in their mentions? As... <laughs> when you say it like that, it sounds so. It sounds filthy. <laughs> these Danes, Sound. I've been, I've been included in their mentions. <laughs> Don't at me, Danes. <laughs> okay, so from Ross underscore Originals, we've got dead on a rival. Dead. Okay, this is dead on arrival or dead on arrival. It's the second one. Okay, so he, he spelt arrival with one R, essentially, and a space. Oh right, I mean, <laughs> the space was the important part because otherwise yeah. it would just be him spelling arrival wrong. Yeah, like, <laughs> wait, yeah. is this the new trend that the kids are into where they just spell words with spaces in them in random places to make new words? <laughs> like, yeah, like aesthetic. No one ever writes aesthetic anymore without putting a space in between every single letter. Well, I mean, if I'd said the space first, you might have gone, Ross has given us dead on a revival. <laughs> or I might have I might have thought you said, Ross has given us dead on a space rival. <laughs> dead on a space rival? Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's none of those. It's dead on a rival, as okay. in someone yeah. who's doing the thing you do. And is your rival? Uh, okay, thanks for the clarification. I suppose um, I think we get it by now. Uh, what happens in Dead on a Rival? This might feed into one of my uh, theories about a certain song, right? You know, like the the pirate song, uh, X Men floating on a dead man's chest. 
I yeah. feel I feel the, like... the X-Men, which are floating on a dead man's chest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> X-Men floating on a dead man's chest. I feel like this is a this is a scenario where literally someone ends up like washed up in the, the port uh on top of their rival. <laughs> Like two people have two people have died. Okay, right, I've got it. So we need to first. We need to we need to cast the mysterious smoky um, uh, protagonist to this, right? So who is the protagonist? Is it the dead man or the rival? Neither. I think it's Aubrey. What do, Aubrey, what do Aubrey these Plaza. people do? Aubrey Plaza oh, is, the, the... is the is the detective, right? This... Okay. Uh, who? Sorry. Aubrey Plaza. Oh, cool. Um, and I feel like. Basically, there's a there's someone comes in and says, "My business uh, partner has has died, gone missing, or whatever." They kind of discover um, that 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 business partner is a famous magician, okay, or musician, someone, someone famous. Like, a musical magician. Yeah, a musical magician, right? It's, it's a famous magician, and they Where's have the a trumpet. Very... It's over here. In that, in that kind of um, uh, way that only magicians can be, they have an intense rivalry with another magician. So I think I think the the magicians are both played by Alan Tudyk. <laughs> All right, yeah. Why not? Uh, they're they're, they're except, twin brothers. Yeah, except one. Uh, wears a cloak and another wears a suit. That's the only thing. And one has a mustache, okay, uh, as well, like a very, very sort of Dali-esque mustache. He's the one wearing the suit, and yeah, they they've they've basically been rivals since they were a kid. Yeah, since they were kids, <laughs> they, were <laughs> they were one, one child. child. Oh, you've given away the twist now, Tom. <laughs> Let's go with that twist. They were one <laughs> child at one point, and then they somehow there was a split. clone. They had they had a lot of spaghetti at one point, and <laughs> grew too big and split off into two people. Yeah, <laughs> excuse me, and became magic rivals. That is how magicians are born. <laughs> that is too much spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, you'll find it. Right, so- is the what if one of the, what if one of them is the magician and the other is the musician? Oh shit! Uh, but they're, and they're but both they, rivals they're, in their. Kind they're of... still rivals for entertainment. They are. Yeah. They are. Yeah, that's it. They have they a split. very eccentric um, set of parents, right? Uh, a very eccentric father, or what have you, who are very rich. Yeah. Uh, who is very rich, played by. Um, uh, also, Alan Tudyk aged up. When my uh, sons get to uh, 35 years old, uh, the person who is the most famous gets my entire fortune. Ah! <laughs> um, okay. And so, uh, like, they have constantly been uh, trying to beat each other out on who's the most famous one doing the magic tr- tr- tricks and the other being the music's. Uh, and singing all those good, good rock and pop anthems. Okay, so the magician, his name is Apples Lafay. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good going, good start. Musician is good name. Bananas Lafay. Apples and bananas, <laughs> Lafay. Yes. Oh, yes. it's a good, it's a good surname for uh, for a, for a film noir. Um, I think yeah. Lafay. 
uh, and Aubrey Plaza's like remembering that she's in that in, in this film, uh, and in fact is the, is the protagonist of this film. Okay. Uh, she's like, uh, well, I guess I should look into that. You know, is probably my job. Or whatever. <laughs> well, I'm not going to. Is that where that was going? <laughs> no, it's probably my job or whatever. So I guess I should get down to it. Um, <laughs> And so uh, they, she, she looks into into like, I guess someone's business partner, go, partner goes. Uh, Apple's Lafay comes up and says, "My business partner's gone missing. Where the hell is he? I think he's been hmm. killed or kidnapped by his brother, his evil brother. I bet it was him, his evil brother, Bananas Lafay." So um, they both wash up on the shore. They both wash up on the shore. Um, like one is only just alive having survived by floating on the corpse of his brother. Yes. Let's let's let us set the scene. It's dusk. No, no, it's midnight. The moon is full. The the ocean is full of mist and water and sea creatures. And the mist is full of ocean. <laughs> I sit here on the beach eating my crawler and my coffee at 6 in the mor- at, at 3 in the morning. <laughs> is this this smoking is all Ray Parsons' face? I'm smoking. I'm smoking a cigarette through the donut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah. noticed something wash up on the beach. I thought it was some driftwood. I thought to myself, "Hmm, that'd be a very uh, economical and environmental way of making my own brand new desk using driftwood." So I went down there to go get it. Little <laughs> did I know that it was gonna be. Apple's McGee, no, not McGee. Apple Lafay, Apple Apple Lafay's business partner washed up on the beach, and on top of him, bananas Lafay. (laughs) And then there's a. I mean, it kind of cuts away. Yeah. Well, that trumpet comes from bananas Lafay. Oh right, he's like there. He's like I'm just barely alive. No, he's, he's, uh, they were on a cruise ship. They were both entertainers on a cruise oh, ship. Oh shit! Yeah, because it, uh, it, no. it was it was their twenty like it was their it was like the month before their twenty their thirtieth birthday, and like they were like we've got to do we they're, they're on the last ditch attempt to be the fa- most famous. So they they like were hobnobbing with these these very famous um, people who were all aboard this cruise ship. Um, yeah, they, they were about to play the biggest show you can play on a cruise ship and I think yeah so I think Aubrey Plaza goes to this cruise ship there's a whole load of like uh, conflicting stories about which was which because essentially like they they can't tell the difference right they're, they're twins oh, we've got, we're going to have a femme fatale in this and I'm, I'm suggesting uh, we get um the key witness Roger Moore. Roger Moore is the femme fatale. Is the femme fatale yep. uh, Spaghetti Lafay, who is <laughs> the mother of apples and bananas Lafay. <laughs> Roger Moore, and they're just they're just like, oh yes, my sons were on this boat doing doing the entertainment, darlings, and. And yes, they were they were making all the money for me, and I think I, they corner Aubrey Plaza, 
uh, on the on the end of the boat, just like, "What are you looking into the murder for?" One of them survived; the other <laughs> died. Why don't you ask? <laughs> what are you looking into what? the murder for? So you say? So you said it was a murder? <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. God, I did not mean to reveal that. <laughs> So um, <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking it was the mother now who killed them both, who tried to kill them both, but only managed to kill one. Yeah, I think I think she is revealed at the end that the mother was trying to see which one was the 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 real one because they, as we as we established <laughs> earlier on, <laughs> they both came from the one boy. Yeah, they ate too much of my spaghetti. Or actually, that's the twist: is that the mother just doesn't understand how twins work. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she tells everyone. (laughs) It's like she's she 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 passed out during during birth and woke up with two boys and was like, "What the fuck?" I was trying to and, and tried to um, uh, see which one would live. She knew that one of them would live, uh, but that's why she she um, talked her, her her husband Alan, also Alan Tudjik, um, into trying to make them vie for competition because she uh, she was trying to figure out which one was the real Alan Tudjik. Everyone knows that real sons float. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best twist ever. <laughs> okay. Yep. So that was Dead on I've, a Rival. Yeah, I uh, think that was a story, I think. <laughs> that was a wicked mystery. <laughs> okay, so from Stephen Thomas, we've got, I'm going to talk to you directly now, audience members. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is this, like, Ferris Bueller the Noir? <laughs> I mean, it's kind oh of my like God. noir, the noir, right? It's like I'm a, um, here, here I am. It's me, uh, um, Sam Elliott, apparently. Sam Elliott. Um, here, you see, I've been thinking a little while, and uh, I've decided to become a Pinkerton detective. Now, the way you become a Pinkerton detective is, uh, well. You've got to talk to an invisible force known as the audience for quite a while. It's, uh, it's, uh, actually, but a lot of people don't know is that it's, uh, the Pinkertons is a, a religious order. <laughs> the wow. Way, the way you get in is, uh, by talking to the audience and, uh, uh, that's, that's what I'm doing now. Talking to you, audience members. Yeah. Now listen, these themes, they come in, they do their thing, but I look at the audience and I give them the Jim Halpert stare. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this is clearly starting John Krasinski. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Someone someone we've never cast before. That's crazy. there There you go. First time for everything. Yeah. Someone who's turning out to be decent at what he does. So this this film, I think it is about is a film noir about this detective wanting to join a cult of detectives that all <laughs> speak to the audience. 
Yeah, yeah. Basically, like the Pinkertons, yeah. you know, the Pinkerton detectives. Um, they, you know, they they were what all the film noir films were about, right? So I think so. Right. Yeah. So Definitely. this this is someone trying to get into the Pinkertons and discovering that, like, it's 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 this weird, like, unreliable narrator thing where the the noir thing is done, except it sort of takes on this weird tone of like. Almost like vlog monologue. It's like, yeah. are you out there, audience? It's, it's, got, it's got a little dash of Dora the Explorer in there. <laughs> <laughs> if you're we did a good job with this murder today, audience, audience, if you're out there, let me know. You gotta shout, swipe or no swiping. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking, John Krasinski, he he wants to join this. And he keeps trying to contact this otherworldly being known as the audience. Yeah, but he just can't do it. Yeah. And so he's, the entire he's... it's the the culmination is going to be him finally. Now I will you know break the fourth wall and talk to the audience. But yes. he's he's got to work really hard to get there. Uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I think I think he's like talking to the audience all the time, but he's not getting any response. And it's like, there's supposed to be some kind of, everyone's saying there's some kind of religious experience you get when you do that. You just become incredibly cool and like smoke comes from nowhere. Um, yeah. I, I'm also not thinking this is this would be the best for a new D&D character that is a pact of, pact of the great <laughs> elder one, Arch yes. uh, Warlock, where the audience is the great elder one. <laughs> yes. And, and them doing really cool shit is the thing that makes uh, that empowers them with their with their powers. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pen that in, in my dream diary for now. <laughs> like uh, like their their sort of manner, their spell slots, their uh, their their power all comes from ratings. Yeah. So that was such a good idea. So John Krasinski is playing the character of uh, I already made up names for the last one. Um, uh, Scooch Larone. Scooch Larone. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, like you got you got like a uh, Danny DeVito coming up and being like, "Hey, Scooch! Hey, hey, Scooch! I got mm. it. Uh, there's someone waiting at your door. Uh, you oh, can't keep talking to that wall." Ah, uh, and uh, okay, and he turns away from the wall. Because he's very embarrassed. He's been been trying for hours to contact the audience <laughs> by staring at the wall. The, the fourth thing he's numbered them. The thing is, he's been talking to like the actual film audience in this film for quite some time. Yeah, he, well, like, he did, the first he did twenty the minutes is him monologuing to the wall. He did the pre um, uh, like monologue. Yeah, 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 and so. Yeah, he is sort of... I think that might be the twist, is that he's been talking to the audience the whole time. And right right at the end, uh, where Sam Elliott is about to sacrifice uh, someone to the, the audience, <laughs> uh, we, for some reason, uh, will we'll probably work on. Um, he, Joe Krasinski... Uh, he turns to the audience that. and says, "says audience, you have to stand up in your seats in the cinema and say, Sam Elliott, no sacrificing. Sam Elliott, no sacrificing.'" <laughs> <laughs> and Sam Elliott is there with like the the the, the serpentine like dagger in his hand, <laughs> holding it over 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 
Don Krasinski shaking. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. And then like it's just like it's like starts quietly and grows and just like the echoes fill the whole room of like Sam Elliott, no no sacrifice to Don Krasinski, don't sacrifice. It's like what's happening? What is this noise? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> he starts shaking and vibrating and then like his like it, it switches like a claymation model of his head where like, the eyes start oozing out like, oh, 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 oh god I can't handle it the third wall the fourth wall is too much to recall like in Joe Krasinski's office where we, it's, we, we've established so far uh, before that he's numbered the walls there's like a number one two three and four <laughs> At which point the fourth one like breaks down and it's like there's no it's like a like a the void of space like it all all the oxygen gets sucked out and it's like the end of Total Recall where he's like that's the thing we established at the beginning that his he's numbered his walls so there's like a subtle sort of hint of like numbers so like every wall has got a different number on yeah and there's one really fragile wall that's got yeah. four on it it's got the four yeah that's the a bit of the film yeah that's that's what yeah. that's what that's what breaks like, at it, the end it, it, it's it's yeah. in like it's like an arc number like the number four just keeps getting brought up like oh like there's four moidas uh, <laughs> there's four suspects there, there, there's four, there's four suicide notes. There's four lockets everywhere. <laughs> He's four suicide notes. He goes to play golf. Murder. He and goes then, to play golf what? at one point, and someone shouts four, like at the beginning of a scene. Yeah, it just keeps happening, and then one day he picks up one of his four sledgehammers that he just keeps in his office and <laughs> smashes down the fourth wall. And outside is the is like just like the great void of space where every star is an eyeball just staring in. <laughs> That's the it thing. Sucks out Sam Elliott. No, no, How no, no. How many no. Krasinski lookalikes do you think there are? Uh, because we could four. <laughs> we could we could hire we could hire a few to basically wait in the cinema and come out <laughs> behind the screen when he breaks down the fourth wall and, and when... just just takes a bow at the end. Comes <laughs> up, he's like, "Whoa, you really are real!" And he starts like bowing down to the audience. <laughs> and and as I'm, I'm imagining the credits like, roll. He runs off. <laughs> you 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 said that there was like a, a scene, a starting a scene where like someone says four and they hit a golf ball, right? That's at the yeah. start of the film where we introduce Sam Elliott as the villain, and he's like doing villainous things and also golfing the four, and he hits it right at the very mm-hmm. end with the sledgehammer and the openness of space. John Krasinski takes the sledgehammer, hits Sam Elliott really hard, and shoots him out of the fucking wall. And he shouts four, and now it's like a bookend. Very yeah. <laughs> bookend. And when the camera pans round to see the audience, um, like beyond the fourth wall, like like Frankie was saying, there there are all these like eyes, the like cartoonish eyes, white on the yeah. in, in the darkness. But it's very very reasonable expectations for the for how well this film's going to do. And there are only four uh, audience members. <laughs> yeah. Four stars in Empire Magazine. Or there's only two audience members with two eyes each. <laughs> Four stars, some funny bits. With two eyes each. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, shall we move on, uh, yes. fellow audience members? Okay. Well, wait, one more thing. It's in one of those weird... Uh, the film is shown in those theaters that have the, the rumble seats, so it's a fourth-dimensional film. Okay, that's all. <laughs> 40X. 40X, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, I don't, don't know, it's a very slow-paced film noir movie. The yeah. seats won't be rumbling much. <laughs> They rumble to the sound of lone trumpets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they just rise and fall. Like, Was there any aspect of that film is. being a film noir aside from him like taking his sides to the audience? Like, Sam Elliott's the Pinkerton detective boss chief who already does it, and then you find out at the end that he can't be trusted. That's totally noir, right? I suppose. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the next one, right? <laughs> <laughs> what is the next one, Tom? Oh, uh, so that was all our honourable mentions this week. Thank you to everyone who's got in touch. Uh, remember, you can find us on facebook.com forward slash Life's a Pitch podcast and Twitter as well at Life's a Pitch show. Give us a follow. Give us a like on those uh, for updates and uh, genre posts so you can give us titles every week. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. So... So now is the time where we move on to our final pitch, uh, the title I gave out at the beginning of the episode. It's from Max Revels, and that is My Dog Noired Off My Leg. All right. I think, like, I think I have um, something of this. Uh, I kind yeah. of feel like, um, you know how noir as a genre is all about betrayal, right? Uh. It's, yes, I it's knew all, this. It's all about, like, Why not? The, you're having faith in a system or a justice system or whatever. Having faith that faith that there is there is pure like um, uh, good and, and 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 right and wrong and that sort of thing. Usually, you have a a lawman who's in, just in to to help someone out, and then you find out that the people you're trying to help are or who are trying to help you are the ones who were um, really messing about. It's a it's a kind of like a, a dose of reality. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. Um, what if uh, a man... You'd write a thesis on film noir, Matt, because that was great. <laughs> so, well, here's, here's the rub, all right? Um, I'm going to say uh, Helena Bonham Carter wakes up one morning okay. with only one leg. Oh, oh my God. And she is... Um... The dog did it. Mystery <laughs> solved. <laughs> she... Good thing we're the ones investigating it. <laughs> she is, um, like, fuming, presumably. She's like, where the fuck yeah, is my I, leg I gone? Um, so, so uh, at this point, like, it kind of starts to get a bit weird because she's sort of, like, going through some pretty awful stuff, right? You, you sort of, it's not fun to wake up and then your leg just be gone. And she doesn't know where it's gone. Um, and then her dog starts speaking to her. And trying to help her in the investigation as to where that leg went. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the dog is voiced by who's, who's got the noirist voice out there? Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. He's a he's a he's got a <laughs> sultry, gravelly voice that makes you he's go. A, he, that could, yeah. You could put over some some uh, muffled trumpet. He's a he's a great method actor. <laughs> <laughs> Can't take that. Okay. Yeah. Um, dog is voiced 
by Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion, Nathan Nathan Fillion, Fillion. is a good choice for yeah. a dog. He's a, he's a dog who's got who's going to be doing like a cool like. Uh, walked into the room and there, there she was, my owner. I was, I was wondering when she was gonna feed me, um, and uh, and had but I'm cautious. Like, did you, did you just speak? And it, and the dog's like, yeah, I've I've been able to speak this whole time. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> I can help you solve crimes. <laughs> <laughs> She didn't seem to understand that I was uh, a very, <laughs> I was a very intelligent dog, and I could find any clue she needed. And so, like, she's like, "Well, my leg's gone, and I need, I need to find <laughs> out where it went. Like, I can't. What if I right. wake up tomorrow and my other leg's gone? This isn't good." I think we start this film in the middle, much like Brick, right. as in, like, it starts off noir music with... Playing. Uh... <laughs> just, like, in this tiny little speaker in the background. <laughs> it's just playing over Alexa, and uh, <laughs> you, can, yeah. you can, like, hear it uh, just in the film. What what happened to my leg? <laughs> Doggy Fillion? <laughs> so she wakes up, leg yep. gone, cut to black two days previous. Yeah. So we've got this relationship where she wakes up that morning. Uh, what do, What's her daily routine? Is she a detective? No, no, no she's, she's anything but. She's a fashion designer, but the dog. Yeah. I, I was, the dog I was gonna is say a baker. detective. Okay, we can go. We can. She she she, she oh, bakes clothes. Even more importantly, more importantly, marathon runner. Yeah, yeah. She's she's something she needs her legs for. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so she's kind of like a uh, a sort of. What's the? A, kind of a Usain yeah, Bolt figure for sure. Yeah. And well, maybe so, not so high profile. Maybe she's more like a. That music is so distracting. <laughs> don't don't worry. I made sure this was royalty free music. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> it just keeps happening again. I want to stop. <laughs> Please stop this music. Um, so. I think I think maybe she's like a fire officer. What do we call them now? Um, what's the gender? The flame ne- police. Like, what's fire the gender marshal. neutral version of 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 a, of a fireman? Uh, the flame police. Fire marshal. <laughs> the flame <laughs> police. She's a flame police. Yeah. That's such a better title than fire <laughs> she marshal. She's a flame police. <laughs> So, yeah, she's a, she's a flame yeah. policeman. Uh, <laughs> she's a she's flame, a flame police. police officer. Police officer, yeah. Um, and she she's going about a day, uh, walking around the town, sort of sorting people out. And then I think she gets like you know, like a sniffer yeah. dog. She's 
she's drugs. Uh, fla- flame <laughs> This dog is trained to seek out the the smoke that burning drugs make. Yeah. So she's a flame. She's she's a flame police officer, smells like but also a police officer investigating drugs. Smells like someone's broiling some cocaine. I I think I think <laughs> let's just go. Let's just pare this down. She's a police officer who looks for drugs. Okay, she's yes. vice, and she, and she's got a yeah. sniffer dog played by yeah. Nathan Fillion. But won't be played by Nathan Fillion yet, or is Nathan Fillion just always talking? I think Nathan Villian's always talking. So again, cut to the beginning. Uh, the beginning of the film, she wakes up, yeah. leg gone. Two days previous, she is given this dog who can speak and help her solve crimes. Of course. Yeah. So she, yeah. But, yeah, so there's a whole thing of, like, they go solve a crime because, and it's easier because of the fact that the dog can talk and just say those guys have got like drugs. Coke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Smells like cocaine to me. Uh, airport security. And like, oh, I, would and have, so, I wouldn't have guessed that. That looked like a very respectable businessman. <laughs> uh, with his cocaine tie. Yeah. <laughs> He's got powder with in his it. tie that says <laughs> cocaine like, I just on thought it. they were... I just thought they ran a bakery and they had flour all over their suits. So, <clears throat> so what? Like, how do we get back to this like mid midpoint of the film? Then is is this like is she think... investigating a a big mystery that like she's trying to track down the big the big drug lord? Well, Matt, you said quite quite succinctly and other fancy words that. Noir is about betrayal. Yeah. And going back to the title of the film, I think (laughs) the Nathan Fillion dog betrays her and Noir's off her leg. Yeah, he absolutely does. Yes, that's that's where this is going. But, like, I I think um, this guy has been put in jail for dealing, getting drugs across the border for the mob. And so, like, this mob... Boss is just like, oh, I'm, I'm coming after you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm, chop your I'm legs off. I'm coming after you, Helen Bonham Carter's character. It's, it's, it's Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, and I'm a oh, very wow. scary mob man. <laughs> I'll cut off your hand in a, in a dystopian future. Right, as he says often. <laughs> he does. <laughs> That's how he threatens everyone in the film. <laughs> just, well, here's the thing: all of Willem Dafoe's threats in this film make specific reference to other Willem Dafoe characters. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll, I'll create a green mecha suit and fly into you, uh, chop you in half. I'm gonna write your name in a notebook, and you'll die. <laughs> I'm gonna investigate your your gang, and then and then uh, I'm gonna uh, infiltrate a mobster's place, and it'll turn out that I'm quite a good guy in the end. But also, I'm crazy, but a good detective as well. 
Then I'll get pissed. I'm going to put you in a fire fire. Exactly. I'm glad you were, uh, <laughs> you picked up on what I was getting, putting down on that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else did Willem Dafoe do? Let's just say things that Willem Dafoe has done. <laughs> Let's just take a minute to appreciate Willem Dafoe. Let's. Let's. He's a, he's a wonderful, a wonderful actor. Yeah. I'm going to put you in a movie that's sort of like a Jack Cousteau pastiche. <laughs> But with Bill Murray, and I'm his surrogate son in a way. I don't know. I don't know what. I'm gonna look after a bunch of troubled children. That's his. That's his threat. Willem Dafoe (laughs) buys off the Nathan Fillion dog. Okay. By providing to him with ground cable to snort. Yeah, I I reckon. Oh, Hmm. oh, yes, of course. That's it. Like, um, I can't believe that's actually a thing. Um. What we don't know, it's all going well. Like, and 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 when so when she wakes up, like they bust Willem Dafoe. Uh, he goes to prison. He makes all sorts of threats towards Helena Bonham Carter. Um, like few, you know, however long later, and it's time for him to kind of he's out on parole or whatever. Yeah, or, or in fact, the um, yeah, let's call it three years. And and so they've, they've we have this like montage of all the all the arrests they've made since then. Um. At which point, like, she wakes up just before she's about to close the biggest case of her life. She's like, mm. oh, today is the day of the big foot chase through the streets of Boston. I've been training every day for these past 30 years. <laughs> Today's the day of the big foot chase. I've got my lucky red socks on. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna bust that, that gang of, of, of drug runners by running faster than them today, she says. And then she she swings her legs out of or leg out of the out of the uh, bed and looks down and then the, you cut to outside with a scream. Um, and uh, she's like, "Where the hell's my leg gone, uh, Nathan Fillion dog? Did you say anything?" And he's like, "Sorry, I didn't see it. I didn't see a thing. I'll help you track down whoever did it, though, because I'm your trusty friend." Nathan Fillion dog. And I would never know why <laughs> I would you never do off. anything like it says in the title of the movie. I'm a 32-year-old dog. <laughs> I, um, I feel like the title of this, if you wanted this, this, this film to make any money, we probably need to give it like a second release title. The one that didn't give the spoiler away. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. No, I'm thinking everyone knows exactly... It's, it's, it's the whole going, uh, yeah. Hitchcock knowing that there's a bomb underneath the where everyone's sitting, <laughs> and the suspense comes from just like, waiting okay. for it to happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it's happened. The, her leg's been gnawed off, and she's they're, they they're out trying to find, um, you know, uh, they're out trying to find the culprit, mm. and they've got a couple of leads, uh, specifically one. Uh, leather uh, attached to a collar. Um, <laughs> that's hmm. the uh, that's the tagline for this film. The 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 killer must be in the kink community. Or the- <laughs> she says, "I'm down for some kink shaming." They go to this kinky warehouse where there's a load of like leads and like leather stuff, and I think the dog is yeah. sort of trying to sort of make her get into a little accident 
if you know what I mean. So, like, he's pushing stuff over onto her and, like, all this sort of, like, ball gags and, like... All the way through, she's, like, hopping. Yeah. Um, like, crates yeah. of uh, gimp masks are falling off and smashing on the floor. Before they go in, before they go in, like, she's like, okay, it's time to kick... <gasps> I mean, open this door. <laughs> she weeps silently. Yeah, um, and then she, so they bust into the they bust into this uh, like dungeon, and uh, they they slam someone up against the wall, uh, and they say like I didn't consent to this, and then um, she says, "What do you know about this this lead?" Um, and and they say. Well, and then they are really knowledgeable about the, the quality of the leather and where that it might have been sourced from. Yeah, it's and pure, all this stuff. It's pure dolphin leather. <laughs> <laughs> the highest grade leather only, you can use for a leash. There's only one place you can get that sort of thing. It's a private supplier. They usually only uh, they only provide it for uh, for specific. Uh, who's who's who is this person she's interviewing? She's like interrogating, I should say. Um, <laughs> Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. He's yeah. He's only in it for a, momentarily because I never want to see him in a film again. But um, he's doing that thing he uh, does sometimes where he's like all like you. You can't even tell it's Tom Cruise. He's in such heavy makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's wearing. He's he's actually he's just um, he's voicing a puppet. <laughs> uh, he's voicing a Jim Henson puppet. Uh, that's why you can barely tell that it's him. Yeah, this is what um, happened in the 30 years in the future, where, like, some people just became puppets. Yeah. There was a meteor strike. Let's, <laughs> there was a meteor strike which magically turned, like, a quarter of the population into Jim Henson puppets, yeah, it, and it's, it's never it's, addressed. It's Shadowrun, it's Shadowrun it's, but instead of magic and metahumans, some people just got turned into puppets. <laughs> Yeah, and and that's and that's that. Uh, I mean, like you know, they never we never address it in the film. It's 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 like it's it's like um, the background detail. Yeah, you know, it's it's Blade Runner style. Yeah, you never never have to address any of the things. It's yeah, the Dark Souls of film. It's a used universe. So, so yeah, so this 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 um, Tom Cruise puppet. Uh, he's like, I, I can, I can tell you where you, where you can get one. Uh, I, it, you, you get it from it's over on Main Street and Third. Um, <laughs> uh, I just say American yeah. assumptions uh, of American yeah, streets. No, and, that, that sounds like a place I probably know about. Main Street um, and Third. Main Street yeah. and Third. Um, there's a, it's all leather all the time over there. Uh, they help no the way. Buildings are leather. Even the buildings of leather on Main Street and Third, we're well known for it. And then um, the she goes over there, and it, then she finds out that this place only uh, you've got to be on a specific list to buy from here. You've <laughs> got to be you've got to be either in like the you've got to be a fire police or a regular police, or you've got to be in the government. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, uh, she's like, "What if it was someone within the the, the police or the fire police?" And um, uh, and and then uh, what's his name? Flipping it. 
old dog boy. Nathan like, Fillion. No. Yeah, Nathan Fillion the dog. Nathan Fillion, yeah, Nathan Fillion dog. He's like, uh, he's like, nah, it's gotta be the government. You can't, you can't, you can't start worrying about people close to you being betrayed. You don't yeah. worry about that sort of thing. Um, uh, by the way, the Flame Police are an independent uh, contractor. <laughs> They're not yeah. part of the government. Actually, technically, all of them are puppets. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, they only hire puppets. They, um... Uh, for the flame police, just... the most flammable people for the flame <laughs> yeah. police. Yeah, yeah, why not? <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm foundering here. All I know is the is 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 the reason that Nathan Fillion uh, uh, kind of did it, and that's because um, uh, Willem Dafoe has a supply of drugs, and Nathan Fillion is woefully addicted to drugs because he's been sniffing them all these years. <laughs> That's that's it. That's just how it's revealed. I think I think we have a farcical um, chase scene, much like a Scooby Doo uh, sort of corridor scene through our house. Once once the well, she has to hop on one leg. Yeah, yeah. Which is unfortunate. Well, once once the betrayal is revealed, I think she chases the dog around the house. It's like, come here, you little varmint, and she's hopping from door to door, like in this corridor. And then sometimes they go in one door, come out another, and uh, there's there's a load of funny. The Benny Hill theme's playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like a noir yeah. version of it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say a dubstep version. <laughs> <laughs> Both. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so right, yeah, okay, and then Will Defoe comes back in Y. Oh, oh, of course, she <laughs> comes starts back in Y. Right. <laughs> she starts tearing up like mob ter- territory, right? Yeah. She's looking for a like left, right, and center. Yeah, she's making flame gun. so much worse for Willem Defoe that he approaches her, like gets her to leave behind Nathan Fillion, and tells her that Nathan Fillion done it. Yeah. Um and that's how she finds out like from what she uh, what must have been should have been the most unreliable source. Um uh she is causing such a, a ruckus um Before in, in you kill me. Check out that hole in your back garden. I believe that's where I, he buried it. The one I, with the shoe sticking out of it. <laughs> I know. I know you must think of me as Satan. A lot of people think of me as Satan, but also some people think of me as Jesus, where I like gesture to the camera and 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 raise my my goblet. A lot of people think of me as the Green Goblin from Spider-Man One. <laughs> Which is, you know, I do look a lot like that guy, uh, but. All, all I'm saying is, you may think I'm the devil, but really, I'm gonna be your savior. <laughs> Look in your back garden. If you don't believe me, you don't uh, don't worry about it. But uh, you'll find what you're looking for there. Uh, your dog did it. He's a damn dirty dog as well. He's addicted to drugs like nobody's business. And I imagine that she's got a whole like. There are a few scenes earlier on in the film where she's talking to children about not being addicted to drugs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, she calls the kids, I'm not addicted to drugs, so I'm cool. Yeah. Are you? She 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 like leans in towards the children 
wide-eyed, crazy, crazy <laughs> grin on her face. Are you? <laughs> I'm not addicted to drugs. I'm not. Who are you I'm accusing? Cool. You accusing me? <laughs> <laughs> Little shit. <laughs> she suddenly turns into Mark Wahlberg for like five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> No, she's she's grilling she's grilling the children. Are you addicted to drugs? And then um, uh, uh, Nathan Fillion gets up in their face as well, like, "Yeah, you little shit! I'm not addicted to drugs. I promise." I deal drugs. Then, that that's what makes me cool. I don't do drugs. I just deal them, and that's that's the coolest thing you can do with drugs, kids. Take that lesson away! What, with wait, you. wait! Why is Willem Dafoe now in this in this assembly? I thought you said that's what. <laughs> no, Nathan Fillion. Oh, right. the dog. I got Nathan Fillion like, and Willem Dafoe mixed up. Yeah, Willem Dafoe is manning the projector. He's manning the projector. Willem Dafoe's in the back, with a baseball cap on that has has a propeller, and he's got a lollipop, and he's like just nodding silently. Yeah, he's like, I'll get him. I'll see the I'll see the the kids who don't react well to this assembly, and I'll get them. So, how does this film end? Is it, does it end in the assembly, the big assembly, the big event? Yeah, I think. Well, she she goes to her backyard, sees the hole with her leg just sticking out of it. Yeah, she says to herself, "I there's no way I can get this back on." And then she. <laughs> <laughs> grabs a crutch she tries. and leads a very fulfilling life with she, only one leg. She and tries, though. Still, still achieves greatly. Yeah, she does. Yeah, of course. Well, she stops that, that new gang lord, Nathan yeah. Fillion the dog. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, the dog becomes a new gang lord. He has taken over the school assembly. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's... Oh yeah, so since she's, like, looking for him, because Nathan Fillion now knows that she's... Um, she she knows, right? He holds a whole whole assembly hostage, um, and uh, he's like, "You get me a hey hey uh, Helena Bonham Carter. You're gonna get me a, a helicopter out of here and a whole big bag of drugs, or I'm uh, I'm taking these kids with me. Uh, I'm gonna noir I'm gonna noir off all their legs as well." <laughs> um, and then. Uh, uh, he, yeah, they, she, she, even without her leg, realizes that she knows how to get to 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 Nathan Fillion the dog and stops him with um, by throwing a big barrel of cocaine at him. <laughs> he just goes wild and yeah, and dies of gnaws off, he gnaws off all four of his own legs. <laughs> right. Okay. So the kids yeah. at this school are treated to the image of. Of what I'm assuming is Scooby Doo, voiced by Nathan Fillion, gnawing off his. Uh, own he's legs. a handsome puppet. Ha- oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, handsome puppet gnawing off its own legs in graphic yeah. detail as oh, yeah, Helena yeah, yeah. Bonham Carter walks off uh, into the sunset with the monologue of her going, "And another job well done, another case solved by and me." And then she, we see. Helena we Bonham see where Carter. she's walking. We yeah. see where she's walking, and it's down to the docks where Willem Dafoe awaits, and they have a big kiss. <laughs> yeah. That was the real twist all along. The twist was love. <laughs> the twist was love. Yeah. Um, um, a very hopeful I've, film, I'm, I think. I have something to admit, 
And it's that I did not realize that noir was a play on the word gnaw the whole time <laughs> up until now. So yeah, uh, that was um, my dog noired off my leg. Yes, uh, thank you, Max Revels, for that title. Thanks, Max. Yeah, fuck you, Max. You tricked me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute. What a trickster, old Max. What a trickster devil. <laughs> Just like Willem Dafoe. Thank you, thank, thank you for sending in your submission, Max. <laughs> I love you. Well, um, uh, and also, of course, thank you, listener, for listening along to this old nonsense. Um, mm. If you have enjoyed it, then uh, I may direct you in various uh, routes, uh, one of which may be the lead to the the clue you're looking for. Um, one, you could go and tell your friends about it. They might give you some information that might lead to the to, to, to solving the case. Um, tell your friends about the podcast uh, and say, I really enjoyed it because it was really good. That's, th- that, that's verbatim what you should say to them. Uh, go and tell your friends. Um, go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever it's called now, and give us a five-star review there or wherever yeah. you get your podcasts. See if you can give us a, a, a nice... Uh, five-star review there that we will be very appreciative of that and of course if you want to go and help us out monetarily to give us a little bit of help uh with making the podcast then you can go over to patreon.com forward slash life's a pitch podcast uh where you can give us a bit of money each month to help us make the podcast and also get some kickback yourself uh get yourself a nice uh uh extra pitch per week if you want there Mm, and other things, you can get to vote on the genre of film we do uh, each week. Although, uh, for the next month, I believe it is just forms of horror. We've got four different forms of horror every week for a Halloween month. Yeah, we do it every four year. Four flavors of horror. It's a spooky time. Mm. Salty horror, got spicy <laughs> horror, umami horror. Uh, so, the people who already contribute on our Patreon page, Wait, we need backing music for this. Thank you. All of you. Wonderful patrons. <laughs> I, I was sitting in my office smoking my cigarette when all these wonderful patrons came in and gave money to Life's a Pitch. Who are those patrons, I wondered to myself. Brandon Spanky Mills. Brent Black. I have a mouth and yet I cannot breathe. Hands and yet I cannot see. Joseph Hegarty, make your Patreon name real long and Lives of Pitch will read it out. Mihir Trevedi, My Waste of Talent, Ross Originals, Sam McKillman, Spooky Fish Boy 6 Million, aka The Big Spunky Brexit Boy, aka Oi 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 Stephen D. Thomas, Your Boy Dad. Was that everyone? Uh, that's all of them. Oh, wow. Yep. Thank you, everyone, for your patronage. Thank you. I appreciate it myself, personally, because Mm. they've been funneling the money to me this whole time. The twist! That's the the part of a noir twist! (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Thank you, Frankie, for coming on. Yeah, no problem. I love being on. Well, uh, we always appreciate it when you do. Uh, Where can people find you? Um, nowhere anymore. I'm not doing that old podcast anymore. 
it was oh. it was great. We we had our one year episode, and we said how much we love doing it, and how we can't wait to do another year, and then immediately oh, stopped. No. <laughs> oh no! And I, I think very soon afterwards, all three of us recorded an episode for my show, and that I never released. <laughs> I'm it. really sad that no one oh, yeah. will, no one will get to to hear my uh, Jackie Chan Adventures fanfic uh, we'll crossover. <laughs> Probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, as we always leave you now with the Yes, Very Clever Award, this week it's from Jamie Dart to Kenhagen, and that is the Falcon's Malteser. 